Welcome to track number seven of Moses and his associates. Now, the next topic we are going to discuss is um, demonstration of spiritual sonship. Now, if you are not a son, you are a bastard. What's a bastard? Somebody without a father. Born out of wedlock. What's a bastard? Amen. We'll soon find out what is a bastard. (laughs) Number one. How many want to be sons or bastards? I don't think you want to be a bastard. Now there are are people sometimes who call you uh, father, papa. Do you have the DVD? I'm going to show that in a moment. Okay. Now... um, there are people who call it father, this, that. Now, it's important that you should be a son. Okay? It's important that you should be a son. Alright? And it's important that you should be a daughter. Okay? These are not ideas that have come out of the blue. They are things that are in the Bible. Second Timothy chapter 2. It says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace... That is in Jesus Christ. Okay? So, Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Jesus Christ, to Timothy, to Timothy, my beloved son. Wow. To Timothy, my beloved son. Alright? Grace and peace. Amen. Are you there? Timothy, my beloved bastard. No, my beloved son. A a bastard is a natural child begotten and born out of wedlock and an illegitimate or spurious child. (laughs) Amen. Spurious. spurious. Are you a spurious child? You, you are created by the falling of spams on the, on the roadside. Spurious. Mercy. No. You must be a proper child. Anybody you see who does not have a father is something different. Somebody like Tiaku, Pastor Ko, Akwele. And when I see them, I rarely admire their father. It's true. I rarely admire their father because of them. Because the son speaks of his father. Yeah. So I really admire the father and I'm grateful to God for their father. I know other children are here too. Akwete and Akwete. All of you. All are pastors or almost pastors. It's a marvelous thing. Or you don't get it. And from my little discussion that I had with Pastor Ko, I know that your father put a lot into you. That you may not even know what he put into you. So perhaps he's gone. Or perhaps as your children grow up and they are not becoming what you want them to be, you may now look back at things that your father did that you thought were unnecessary. But that made you what you are. You get it? Or you don't get it? Yeah. So, thank God. So, a beloved son, huh, is a very 
good thing to be. How many of you are sons and daughters? How many are bastards and ba- as a female bastard is what? <laughs> Bastardess. So, you must aim to be a good son or daughter. Amen. How do you do that? Number one, more points are coming. You must demonstrate at the demonstration of a teachable spirit of a son. Okay? Demonstration of the teachable spirit of a son. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14, it says, But continue thou, huh, in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Okay? So he's telling his son, to continue in the things which you learned. So a son learns. He learns. When you stop learning, you are no more a son. You are equal. What do you think? Yeah. Should I introduce myself to that I'm your father in the ministry? You need an introduction of that one too. If you are a son, you must continue to learn. I am I, sure he, I hope he doesn't mind what I'm going to say. But you know, Pastor Michael was talking to me about some services that he's having with the other branches and miracle type of services and so I was very happy. I was very happy to, to see that. Try to do something and move forward in the ministry. It's very good. Because that's also what I did. At the point, I said, let's start to have some miracle service. We pray for the sake, minister to people. That's how to move forward. But you see, what I'm trying to say is that most of us have stopped learning. Or oh, you don't get what I'm trying to say. We've stopped learning things. As soon as you manage to know how to write, put, excuse me, put a sermon together, do one or two preaching and so on, it's like I've arrived. When you see somebody preaching and teaching, like I'm doing now, it's a very small fraction of what the person actually does. That is what you have to realize. It's a very, very small part of what happens. Sometimes even obeying God, hearing different things, which are not said even so clearly, they are all part of learning. Huh? What do you think? Some of you need to learn how to be a good son and continue to learn from the position where you are, which is sometimes afar off. And you can. You can learn. You know, and as I'll tell you something, as, so, as long as you, you, you don't settle into rituals and you don't settle into just doing whatever has been done in the past, you will always find yourself trying to do something new to go forward. To let the ministry work. To become a minister. Become a pastor. Become a better pastor. To bring church growth. To move your church forward. To do something. Oh. Please let that be your aim. I've had 50 members before where I was praying that Lord give me 100. Just 100. Just 100. I said if God gives me 100 people. Then I have reached the climax of ministry. Pastors, ministers, shepherds, you must aim to have 
A hundred people seated and do anything and everything to try to have a hundred people. When you have a hundred people, you must say to yourself, you know, I'm going to do everything to have two hundred people. That's how you keep growing. And growing is not easy. When a bird is coming out of the shell, you have to break out. Most of us have been born into this world with shells around us. Walls around us. That's why when Jacob was blessing his children, one of the blessings he gave to one of his children was that you, your branches will go over the walls that are around about you. Because all of us are restricted and have various restrictions in our lives and our ministries. Amen. Are you listening to me? I'm restricted to Ghana and I'm breaking out of Ghana. You see, there was a time I was preaching in the like, mostly lighthouses, but right now I preach more outside. Well, I don't know if it's more, but I preach a lot outside. And for instance, our crusades, we are going to show you in a minute. Are you, are you ready? You ready? You ready with everything? I'm not going to show it right now. No, don't need to go anywhere, but just asking whether you are ready. You are ready? Where is the thing? You have it? So get everything ready, okay? So that when I tell you, then you start. But when you watch it, you see that I'm, I'm confined to Ghana. I'm trying to break out of Ghana. I want to have successful crusades outside Ghana. Very much so. Today, I, I have not heard from them. I, I, I think they are still in Accra, but they are supposed to leave. They are leaving today. I saw them. They got their car with this thing on the top. Two cars. Two jeeps. Two land cruisers or Nissan patrols or whatever. Alright? Is there a problem at the back? There's a new committee that has been formed at the back. I'm preaching. So I just said if the DVD is there. Kojo, are you part of the technical team? Correcting. Okay. I'll wait for you to finish. Now, I was saying that I am restricted, but I want to break out of Ghana. So I send them. They are driving to Mali, Chad, uh, Senegal. No, no, don't worry, don't worry. To uh, all these different countries. And they're trying to find, they have told Prince, I said, find a way to East Africa from Ghana driving. Wow. Yeah, find a way. And we have got various maps, internet, pictures, so to try to find a place that you can pass from Ghana to East Africa. Avoiding the rebels, roads where there's no road. A lot of places there's no road. To cross to Cameroon, to Gabon, you have to cross Nigeria, go to Gabon, and when you are getting to crossing Nigeria, you come to Port Harcourt. That's where the rebels are with the oil people. They are always kidnapping people there. And then there's no road. There's a boat you have to take and go through the sea. Various things. So we have to try the road in the north to see if we can enter Cameroon at the top, come down, descend to Gabon, find a way to Congo Brazzaville. And then cross the river to Kinshasa. And then from Kinshasa, we see if we can go to Nairobi. Avoiding the rebels over there. Yeah, we have to go. Do you understand what we are doing? Otherwise, we just stay. And all I'm trying to say is that I've always found myself confined. And all of us in the ministry are always confined. And so it's necessary to break out of what confines you. Huh? Do you understand what I'm saying? And move forward. When I say break our welcome, but I don't mean leave the church. Then the devil has opened your chest and put something inside. Yeah. 
and he has run away too. Because even though I make a lot of changes in the ministry all the time, you will notice that the road is the same road. We have been on evangelism, church planting, do the work of God. The song is the same song. All that I'm preaching is the same thing that I'm preaching in a different way. It doesn't change. Although it seems as it's changing, it's the same thing that is not, it's changing and not changing. True. Are you there or you've gone home? How many are here? You are confined and God is breaking you out of your confinement. If you are married, you can't have a child. You see how they would try to break out of that thing. Do anything and everything. Just have a child. We have buildings upon buildings upon buildings. People trying to have a child. You don't have a husband, you do anything. Don't have this. Everything and anything is done. Why is it that when it comes to the means, there's no effort? That is why I'm learning a good general does not listen to what people say. Just look at what they do. Do and then we will take you serious. Don't speak too much. What do you think? So, learn. And that's one of the things you can learn from is that I always try to break out of my confinement. Because everybody is born into some confinement. You see, Benihin had a crusade in Nigeria. He tried to have a crusade. And it was difficult. He had a lot of problems, a lot of difficulties. And at the point on the stage, he said, four million dollars gone down the drain. He was very frustrated. Because, in a sense, he's almost confined to America. And to some places. Uh, to break into some of these places. <laughs> to understand Africa. <laughs> you, have to, you have to break in. It's also another place. Where we play with different rules. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody is like that. Everybody has a little thing that confines you. And you need to break forward. So a, a good son is learning. 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 Huh? What do you think? How many are good sons? But one of the things I find about many of you, especially the older pastors, is that you stopped learning long time ago. You can't even preach as well as I do. Some of my pastors can preach better than I do, but they don't have the authority that I have. But they are better preachers. But some of you are not even, you can't even preach well and they also don't have authority. <laughs> Which makes it worse. You stop listening to tapes and CDs to, to learn. You don't have a makane. Something that you can afford. You have it and you don't listen. You don't put it on. You don't, have, you don't go to the internet. Some of the things I preached, I've been watching to see the responses. Because I've been preaching them recently on the internet. And I watch as I realize that you are all unaware. Because you know a lot, so you don't check. All those things. Huh? Huh? Are you check? Say I check. Don't say we check. Say I check. When, when I'm preaching to people who are currently in step with what I'm doing, I know. And when I'm preaching to people who are not, I also know. And you are not. Oh yeah. I, that's my opinion. I, and I, I stand to be corrected. Pardon? I still have homecoming. Uh, a lighthouse there's a lighthouse website I think that's now more active than the other one what do you think 
But what I'm saying is that, you know, I can, something like me, for instance, I change my number. I change my, it's, it's part of my routine. Every few days, and I change my number. So I meet somebody who, who has been telephoning a number or sending text to a number that I changed a year ago, one and a half years ago. I said, look at you. <laughs> it shows how distant you are. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is that you can always see people who have stopped learning and they are just existing. They are just there. May you always be a learner and be a good son. In Jesus' name. Anyway, you can't force a horse to drink. Just take him to the water side. Number two, demonstration of... I'm talking about demonstration of spiritual sonship. Number two, demonstration of a kindred similar like-minded, compatible, understanding, sympathetic, agreeable, in tune, congenial, like-minded, companionable spirit of a son. (laughs) Okay, I'll say it again, I'll say it again. Don't worry. Demonstration of a kindred, similar, like-minded, compatible, Understanding, sympathetic, agreeable, in tune, congenial, companionable spirit of a son. Should I say it again? One more time. Okay. Demonstration of a kindred, similar, like-minded spirit, similar spirit, kindred spirit, compatible spirit understanding spirit. A son understands his father. Sympathetic spirit. You, you, you are sympathetic to what his problems are. Agreeable. You are agreeable. In tune. Congenial. Companionable. Companionable is somebody you can company with. Some of you, if I stay with you for five minutes, I will not have anything to say. After five minutes or ten minutes. What do you think? There's nothing to talk about. We don't have much in common. Why are you looking at me like that? Have I said something wrong? So, and I'm reading Philippians 2.20. says, For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. He was talking about Philippians 2.20. He was talking about Timothy. He said, I don't have anybody like Timothy. Like-minded. So if you want to demonstrate yourself to be a true son or daughter, you need to be like-minded, companionable, congenial, in tune, agreeable, not disagreeable, or cantankerous. Huh? Sympathetic. What do you think? Spirit of a son. What do you think? George, if you have pastored a church, would you not like to have agreeable people in the church? How many of you like to have agreeable people in the church? Like-minded. Not that the person has a different mind. Congenial. How many would like to have in-tune people? People who are in-tune. Yeah. In step. Compatible. How many would like to have compatible people or incompatible people? Amen. What do you think? Would you like to have such people? Yeah. Pastor Joe also like to have such people. I also like to have such people. All pastors would like to have such people. May you be a good son and demonstrate spiritual sonship in Jesus' name.
The next one. Demonstration of the caring attitude of a true son. Amen. He says, who will naturally care for your state? So I don't have anybody like Timothy who naturally will care for your state. A true son cares for your state. Amen. What do you think? Whenever I see Bishop Duncan Williams, I always am very concerned about everything about him. This, that, 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 different, different things. And he, and he often asks me about things. This, this, that, that, that. Concerned about his health. I'm concerned about everything so that he'll be okay. Because I know a lot of people hate him. <laughs> hey! Because he's a preacher. <laughs> when I tell you that I'm high tech, you think. <laughs> Alright. Now, naturally care. Do you get it? Oh, it would be great to have people who naturally care. Amen. Number five. Or number four. Demonstration of a servant's attitude of a son. I mean, a true son must do some work in the house. What do you think? Go and do this, go and do this, go and do this. May I send my children? Go here, go here, go here. And I'm sure sometimes they run away. If your mother doesn't send you to cook, she has harmed you. Because you grow up and you cannot make stew. You grow up, nobody can eat your soup, but they can't say. Nobody can eat the things you make. Some of you, you see, you are married to people with a Catholic taste. Do you know what the Catholic taste is? They eat everything, including rubbish. So you, you have cooked rubbish for them for years. And because they eat it, you think you are cooking. You see, some people, depending on the school they went to, they were always hungry when they were young. So anything at all, they get to eat. They are very happy. So when you give them rubbish, they just swallow it. So, demonstration of a servant's attitude for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But you know the proof of him that as a son with the Father, he has served me in the gospel. Philippians 2, 21 and 22. That as a son with the Father, he has served me in the gospel. A true son or a true daughter will serve the Father in the gospel and not be co-equals. How many of you serve Pastor Joel? And that is why nobody will also serve you. Yeah? Your life, nobody will serve you. Because you don't serve anybody. You see, a true son wants to serve his father. And a true daughter wants to serve her father. Does it? He says, that as a son with the father, he has served me in the gospel. He has served with me in the gospel. Amen. Look, we are in the thing together. One day I'll be gone or you'll be gone. I don't know which of us is going to go first. But when we go, that will be the end. That's when it all ends. And we take up whatever the father will give us in heaven. But until then, we are, we are to serve and to serve with one another in the gospel of Jesus Christ to the very end. It is this service. 
that will count. Look, I don't want to frighten you, but I can pull out one of you to come and lie here as a dead body. And you will see that in that moment, everything in your life has no meaning. I go to Bishop Saki's room. His wife's things are there. All her things. He just has a few things. She has everything else. It cannot be used. Her car is there. I said, I said I'm coming for her car. Because it reminds too much. So that we not see that car. Everything that is on earth is useless. That's how death is. <laughs> so one day, if you're serving with me in the gospel, you'll be so happy that even you had one hour to do something. So this, this is the most precious thing that you have. So when you are investing in, in this gospel, don't let it be like it's the last thing. But let it be like it's the first thing. Let it be like it's the main thing. So that in that day, which is not too far away, you will see that it's, it's been worth living for Jesus. It's been worth having the Lord in our lives. Can I have an amen from somebody? He says, for you yourself know that as a son, he has served me in the gospel. I pray that one day, if you die before me, I can be able to say about you, this man has served me in the gospel. With, he has served with me. I was serving, he was also serving. What do you think? One of our lady pastors died also. We buried her the day before I left. But one person gave a testimony. And I think I really appreciate it. You see, Anne Roberts had come to her house the day before. And she was totally frightened out of her socks. But the next day, she had a knock on the door. She was so scared even to open the door. When she opened the door, here was this lady pastor, gifty. She said, I've come to tell you about Christ. She gave it. In her tribute to her, she said that when I opened the door, there was an angel standing. And that angel was you. You brought me Christ, the gospel. Yeah. She was a total unbeliever. So she wrote, and she's a pastor today. Yeah. So when you when you go out of this world, those are the eternal things. So try to be an angel. Who will go to Los Angeles? Who will go to uh, where? Boston. Who will go to where? Cleveland. Who will go to Alaska? Try to be the angel who will knock at somebody's door. When the person opens, it's no one but you bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Try to, try to be that angel. In America, I'm not talking about going anywhere. Try to, don't, don't be too old. Don't be too old to do these things. One of the things that I, I am try, trying to be determined is I don't have to be old. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do I can't try. In fact, one of the things about Mrs. Saki was that she reinvented herself to become a young person. Because you see, one of the sad things that I'm watching is that a lot of people who started the ministry with me at an early age, they have not been able to continue. It's like you sort of become big, too big for whatever. So it's like those small boys and girls come to take over. Do you see? But she, she joined the young people. She was like a mother with a lot of young people. All the people that work in that office, 
where she was working. They are all, I mean, they are all 15 years younger than her and so on. She made herself a new young person. Relearned things. Different things. Oh, forced herself to be a daughter and joined the system. And unfortunately, some of us make ourselves so old. You are just, I mean, 36. Ogbo. Do you understand? Ogbo. It's like you are sports. You are just useless. <laughs> oh! And, and weight. Fatness. You shouldn't let it disturb you at all. Move it! Move it! Because it's got to move. Don't let yourself do that. I'm, 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 I'm an elderly I'm an elderly person. <laughs> what do you mean by you are elderly? No, I'm an auntie. Oh, you know, fine. It's not nice. Why have you made yourself an auntie? Even when they call you auntie, you should say, please stop it. All these things, and even if your hair is gray, you should dye it. Ah, what is this gray hair? You look like some old, very old man. And people relate with you as some elderly man who cannot do so many things. Huh? President Bush and others, they became president when they were 72 and 70 something years old, became president. And you are just 40, 30 something, 29. 29. You have made yourself into a mommy. Oh! We know fine. Tell somebody, he know fine. What do you think? Make yourself a son and serve in the ministry so that we can be able to recommend you. The last thing I said about Mrs. Saki when I paid tribute to her was that I can recommend you before the Father. Yeah, I can recommend what I know. I can recommend you. So try to join. When you see that you are being left behind, eh? Charlie, reorganize yourself and then reinvent yourself. Yeah. Don't be left. This is a camp where we are praying about. Remember, Ezekiah prayed about it. God answered, answered his prayer. So pray about it. You will never be left behind in the name of Jesus. I see you rather overtaking the young ones in Jesus' name. Where is Ike? Where is Ike? He doesn't come for camps. He helped us to start this church in America. He helped us to start our church in Kolebu. The very, very beginning of Lighthouse. Ike, is he still in New York? He's where now? North Carolina. When you go tell him, that's what I said. North Carolina. He helped the whole of Lighthouse to start. He was a photographer. And then an ash head asher. So what about now? You see, you, you just allow people to take over because you don't see that it's important. That when, Actually, when you die, nothing will be said, you're a photographer and so what, and you went to America and so what. You are dead. What did you do spiritually? Oh. Remember when my father died, he had a lot of ties. These ties. But they were, they, the, the style, <laughs> you see, was not the modern style that we have. Very big different strange colors with some thick material. <laughs> I couldn't use even one of his ties. I don't know what my mother did with all the ties that he had. 
Look, when you die, all your things are useless. And when you die, you know one of the things, when they are going to dress the body, they will say, we need a new shirt from England. So your old shirts even cannot be used. They will wear buy a new shirt. It's, 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 it's amazing. Did you buy a new shirt for your father? Yeah. Hmm. The next one, demonstration of the loyalty of a son. For all seek their own and not the things which are Jesus Christ. But you know of the proof of him that as a son with a father he has served in the gospel. Let me tell you something. When you are a son, you are loyal. When I went to Kenneth Higgins' ministry, they wanted the sons and the children to work. He said that the children have more interest in the ministry than just employees. So become a true son and defend Lighthouse Chapel, defend the cross, defend what you belong to with all your strength and with all your mind. Don't allow people to start talking anyhow. In our church, we don't do that. If you start that kind of thing, we'll drive you out fast. We don't want it. We already know that we are not perfect. And we already know before you came, it was something we knew. So it's not something you are coming to tell us about. We know that Christ is working on us and we are really hoping for improvement. How many are hoping for improvement? Yeah. And we are praying about it seriously. So coming now to be pointing out, it's like a cripple who is walking in here, limping like this. And you laugh and say, hey, straighten your leg. You are a wicked person. It's not nice. We don't do that. You don't point out somebody's weaknesses and ridicule him. So as you've come here, we know. We have a revelation of ourselves that we are weak. We already, there are things we don't do, we can't do. We are not doing well and we are trying to improve. That's why we are having the camp. So if you've come to try to point out all that is whatever. I know that I'm limping. This leg is straight. We know. Don't talk about it. Just be smile, be, be nice. And just, I know, there's no need for you to laugh at me. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I know my pastors are also weak. So don't come to me with things about them. I don't need that. And you can see that my pastors, people have come and say, Hey, brother, you know, I've never, I don't know, God forgive me if I have, but I've not betrayed my pastor before. My pastors in a country, even if he's wrong, I'll, I'll always be on his side. After we meet and discuss the wrong, they say, but when I see you, ah, never. Once it's my man on the scene, oh, no way. Once it's the person that is there, say, Charlie, he may have whatever this now. I stand up for him. And I say, my policy, once a pastor, always a pastor. Yeah. Baptist church have it. Once a Baptist, always a Baptist. <laughs> what do you think? Because we, we know that we are, we, are, we, we are failures. We were rejected when we were called. And we saw that Moses and associates were all... They were all struggling. So, look. When I started preaching, they criticized me so much, I almost stopped preaching. Do you get it? I was just shaking like this. I used to have diarrhea. Do you know Diarrhea. 
Runny stomach. That means more than four times a day. Is that, is that how you define it? What three, four times a day, whatever. Oh, and it might start at Saturday evening. It's not a day from the evening till Sunday. Because of church on Sunday morning. I'll be going and up and down, up and down. And you, I said, what, what sickness is this? The sickness that I had now was because of tension. For the Sunday morning, I was a new pastor coming to preach. And I was afraid. In the church, they were criticizing me. I'm not called. I'm this. I don't know how to preach. I'm like this. I'm like this. And it created such tension for me. When I come now, I'll have my... Look, I remember one day I came and I, I opened my Bible. I realized that my notes were not bad. I said, no, 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 no. No, no. What am I going to preach? Hey, because I used to clip my notes in my... I used to clip my notes in my Bible. I had a clip like that. And I clip it on the page like that. So when I'm preaching and I... And I was learning from Fred Price. So I always watch him and then come and preach and see how preaching is done. So I preach like that. You know. And I, I've been walking. <laughs> Pastor and teacher. <laughs> It's wonderful. Oh. I was forcing. Now you come and you say, I'm not good. I, I, I'm already not good. Oh. And you are coming to point it out. That's what I'm saying. I know that I'm limping. And I don't need you to say, do you know one leg is shorter? <laughs> don't say that. Say, how are you? Are you okay? Be nice to me. Don't take me up on, on what is deficient. I've, I've seen it already. So I told my wife, my beloved, at that time, I said, is this what is going to happen to me every Saturday for the rest of my life? <laughs> I remember I discussed it with her. I said, this is a new problem that I have. <laughs> this is a new problem that I have. On Saturday, I get a running stomach in the evening. <laughs> fear! There's a lot of fear in the church. Huh? But somehow we prevailed. So that's why I, mean, I defend young pastors. We've got six people in the church who are laughing at him. He knows there are only six, and two of them are his children. <laughs> he knows. He knows that there are six. Okay? There's, there's, there's no need to talk about it <laughs> in that way. <laughs> He knows it. When you come around and say it, it's not going to help us. Are you there? The next one. Demonstration of passing tests. You must pass certain tests and prove yourself to be a son. Amen. Hallelujah. As you go along in the ministry, things are going to come to prove you. And in Philippians chapter 2, Verse 21, it says, For all seek their own, which are Jesus Christ, but you know the proof of Him. The proof of Him. The proof of Him. You know that He's been proved to be a son. Amen. That as a son with His Father, Amen, He has served. For this cause, 1 Corinthians 4.17, I sent you to you, Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, 
who shall bring unto you remembrance of my ways, which are in Christ Jesus, and he shall teach everyone everywhere in the church. First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2. And I sent Timotheus. It's all recommendations of Timothy. Our brother and minister, our fellow labor in the gospel, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. Amen. 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 Alright. So, demonstrate by passing the tests. What is a test? A test are the difficulties that come. Problems that come. Unexpected situations that crop up. You must pass. You must pass. People can't pass tests. That's one of the things I've noticed. Something small comes up. Sometimes you just change the person. Go here. Don't do this. Then the person has freaked out. Sometimes the person comes for an interview. I remember one person came for an interview. We told the person the conditions. Immediately the person fell into the long jump sand. Afterwards I was thinking about it. I was saying to myself that this person, anybody who is working in full time is better off than the person. But the person doesn't even know it. It's wonderful. But you see, as soon as people are presented with tests, they fail. Some of you, if an orangu was to arise in America and start to talk a certain way, you will follow him. You fail straight away. Or some rebel rises in your church and starts to talk very strongly with a lot of explanations and evidence of things that he doesn't understand. Some of you will even follow it. Some of you, if a prophet wakes up and comes with a prophet, he says, in your house, there are three wardrobes. One on the left, one on the right. One is white, two are blue. In the white one, there's a certain box. In that box, when you open it, you see an envelope. That envelope contains $450. Is it true or it's not true? It's true. Yeah. The Lord says to you, you are not in lighthouse. You are in house light. House light. You are called to be house light. There you are going. By word of knowledge. It, it, some of you is just waiting to happen to you. You just need somebody with a familiar spirit who knows familiar things about you. Is familiar with you and knows things about you to just give you one, one or two revelations. One or two revelations. And that's it. You'll be gone out of here. Meanwhile, the Bible says, a stranger they will not follow. Uh, 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 uh. A stranger they will not follow. Amen. <laughs> introduce yourself I'm sergeant whatever introduce yourself I'm a spiritual policeman assigned to keep you alive in the church and then the, the last one is the demonstration of a childlike attitude of a son amen Childlike attitude. All seek their own. Not the things which are Jesus Christ. But you know the proof of him. That as a son with the father. He has served me in the gospel of, uh, of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. How many are going to be good spiritual sons. And are going to demonstrate. What is the first thing you must demonstrate? Teachable spirit. Number two. Kindred spirit. Huh? 
Start. Number one, kindred. Similar. Like-minded. Companionable. Understanding. Sympathetic. Agreeable. Uh, in tune. Uh-huh. Congenial. Companionable. Spirit of a son. So from when you go to your church, look at your parents and say, are you companionable? Are you agreeable? Are you in tune? Huh? Look at them. See, they are not proper children. They are bastards and bastardesses. The next one, number three. A caring attitude of a son, isn't it? I have no one who cares naturally. Number three, number four. The what? Servant attitude. Is that not so? A a son serves his father. And some of you are thinking, oh, let me carry your Bible. Personally, I don't like people carrying my Bible. Don't offer to carry my Bible. I I don't even like it. The reason is because it's not a sign of humility. And I don't want you to be deceived that when you are carrying my Bible... And number two, people always lose my Bible. When you take about where is my Bible? It's gone here, it's gone here. So many people have taken it. I don't like it. So don't offer. It's not a sign that you are a servant. There are other things we show that you are a servant apart from carrying my Bible. And I don't like it. Ah! Carry your own Bible. <laughs> How can you show that you are a servant? A true servant is a servant in the heart. It's not the outward signs of Yes, sir. Good evening. Good morning. And then you bow down. You like some of those. They are the wildest rebels that are just serpents who have to show outward signs that they are sheep. Where they are serpents. Look for the thing that is in the heart. Now this person, I serve. You hear me sometimes mentioning Bishop Duncan Williams. I don't mention to, for him to hear. He is not here. He does not hear what I say. But you can see that it's not, it's not a show to him. Not at all. I'm, I don't show it. I don't worry him. I don't do it. Whatever he's doing, I just, I'm just in my world. And that's my attitude. When I meet him or when there is some, some reason to interact or some crisis or any situation, then we come into play. Yeah, that's the real thing. I said, hey, good evening, sir. Lie, lie down. This, what is this? Oh. I'm loyal, sir. I'm, good evening, sir. I came to express my loyalty. My loyalty to you, sir. Express your loyalty with years and years and years of service as a son or a daughter. That's how you express yourself. You know, you know how you have served me as a son. Amen. What's the next one? Demonstration of loyalty. Amen. The loyalty of a son. Faithfulness. Next one. Passing the tests. Anytime a new circumstance or new something comes up, that's when you see the sons and the masters. Huh? Yeah? Something new. Some new thing. Some situation. Then you begin to see difficulties. You begin to see these are sons. These ones are not sons. You know, one of the ways you, you, you can see when somebody is a son is, you know, when even he has a problem and you can talk about it. 
But some of you, if you have a problem, we can't talk. We just greet it. Oh, how's it? Oh, okay. See you. Maybe you have, you have gone to join the army. The US army. Nobody can talk about it. Till you go and you are killed and we have to look after your widow. <laughs> when you are dead, then we have to look after your widow. Nobody can say it. Anything you are doing, nobody can say it. No, nobody can talk about it. There are some, you know, one time I was talking to a, a, a certain brother. He was having a serious crisis in the marriage. Serious. But the, the brother was a son, but the wife is not a, no, 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 she's not a daughter. She's just a member. Just a member. <laughs> Based on her membership, I couldn't talk to her. But the son, I could talk. So I gave him a key. The key that I gave him can be applied unilaterally. Well, there are unilateral keys and bilateral keys. The bilateral keys involve the two sides. So when you see that you cannot speak to one side, you have to deploy a, a unilateral key. So I gave him a unilateral key that will work assuming there is no response from the other side. And he applied the unilateral key. And it worked. The, the reason is because the other one is not, a, it's not, a, it's not a daughter. It's not somebody. It's just a member. It's not somebody you can't speak to. And some people you speak to, they say, huh? Yeah, it's you men. You see, they'll say it in there. You men. You see, these are, that's how men think. And you see, you men, you are now, you are talking to me, I'm a man. Mm-hmm. Instead of seeing me as a pastor or as a man of God, now you men. Now you see my things as men. Eh? And what about the men? And what about him? And what about the? That's how you talk. So I can't talk. I know that's how you respond to me, so I don't even bother. I just leave you in your world. It is true. I said, it is true. That is why I look at her sister. I say, oh, this one, when I speak, she would, she, she would not even understand. Never agree. Never say yes. Never say no. Never say die. Never say never. Never bend. Never yield. Never understand. Never accept. Never bow. Never yield. Hey! Uh, one day I, I, I spoke to a certain pastor I told him your wife hates me I said your wife hates me and he was quiet because he knew that it was true I said your wife hates me <laughs> some wives hate me I haven't done anything to them I just preach and then they hate me sometimes they think they are in the message if you are in the message change then you will not be in the next message <laughs> if you are in the message change so that the next message that comes, it will not be you. Don't be angry. Just get, just get angry with me. Some of the things I say is Jesus who said them. So the anger you are expressing is not anger towards me. You are angry with Jesus. So if you know that you are the one in the message, I said, this man, this man. <laughs> no, don't be angry with me. Just change. So that part two. When I'm saying never say die, so I said die. When I say never say no, so I said no. Never say yes, I said yes. Never agree, I agreed. Then it's not you. I told him, I said, your wife hates me. Why should your pastor tell you that your wife hates me? He can feel it. When I have not talked to her too. I did, I've never said this. And, oh, no, no, just normal preaching. That's I just minister in the church. I can feel the vibrations that are coming. Hey! <laughs> Forgive. Whenever there's a couple 
they are dealing with a pastor and they sense or feel that the pastor has a closer relationship or knows one side more than the other, the other one can easily turn into dislike and hatred, camouflaged. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> when they go home, uh-huh. Yes. One guy, he started jumping in his house. You are having an affair with the pastor. You are having, he started jumping. You are having an affair. With the... Now you have become a kangaroo. You have become a chimpanzee. He <laughs> was possessed. He was now possessed in the house. Oh. He started jumping in the house. Jumping up and down. Up and down. Instead of doing that, rather also develop a close relationship with the pastor. That's all. Many people know. He said, look, marriage, if you have a traffic light that works in your marriage, marriage will be easier. Do you know that's what I mean, traffic light? No. Marriage is like, you are coming from here. This one is, you are from here. The woman's world, and he's also from the man's world. You are from uh, Ghana. He's from coming from uh, somewhere. You, all you need to avoid confusion is a traffic light you all respect. When he says red for you, you stop. You are wrong. Stay. You are right. Come and pass. If you had one in your house, your house would be so nice. But most of us don't have a traffic light. Yeah. So what happens is it's like soccer team that are playing and they are also the referee. There's no referee. So when you play, no, it's a penalty. No, it's not a penalty. It's a penalty. It's not a penalty. It's a penalty. It's not a penalty. It's a goal. It's not a goal. It entered. It didn't enter. It's a, it's a green card. It's a red card. It's no card. Because there's no referee in your house. It's just the two of you. Argue. And then when you grow older, your children grow older, they become the jury. You start to call on them. You start to call them and say, uh-huh. What do you think? You see what mommy did? You see, it's what mommy did. Is it right? And even when they grow up, they actually go to court and the children are on one side and somebody's on the other side. It's common. Because you are looking for... And that traffic light would have been your pastor if he was close enough and he would be able to say, "Uh, Sister, this one, you are wrong. Your husband is somewhere, but in this case, you are wrong. So, shut up! Now, shut up. Don't say that again. And then he turns to her. You are, you are right. Take care. <laughs> or, or, if it's the other way around, you face the husband and say, Mr. Big Staff, will you be quiet now? And then you turn to the wife and say, Darling, this one, you are right. You can go this way. And that is the end of the issue. One day, I was talking to a certain um, sister, Christian. Sister was married. She was having a problem with her husband. So I said, come, come, talk to me about the problem. So when she talked, she talked for some time. After some time, I said, my sister, do you know what a problem is? It seems you don't know marital problems. (laughs) I think her husband had gone to buy some land and he was asking her to put her name so that she should come and sign now. Not that she shouldn't sign, but she should come and sign. And it was a problem. Something to have about the 
timing, something. I said, sister, you don't know what a marital problem is. I said, will you stop that nonsense now? Now. Okay? Will you shut up now? Get to the house quickly and go and sign the thing and stop misbehaving. People are building houses without even telling their, their whatever. You, they've asked you to come and sign the thing. Your problem is about the time they ask you to sign. Hey! I said, my sister, take the pen and go and sign the thing quickly. Don't be silly. And that was the end of that problem. I've never heard of it again. Sometimes people don't know what is a problem. Sometimes, you know, I think sometimes people feel that there must be a problem. And now, since there's no problem, let us create something so that there will be a beast. At least something to fight about. One day I saw a certain sister and she said, oh, she, she feels like quarreling. I said, what? What? I just feel like it. And, and then later on, do you know what she was complaining? She was complaining, but she said that, ah, when I cried, he takes it too seriously. It's like, you, you, it's like as if it's a game to quarrel. And then you just resume back and then, oh, we're just crying, but he takes it too far. So watch out, okay? Next one is what? Development of what? Childlike. Childlike is not secretive, isn't it? Open. What do you think? Yeah. What's the next one? Amen. 